0: ask you one question here what are you praying for what are you praying for what are you praying for what if I tell you your life around you is the consequence the outcome of your prayer life not your salvation that's been paid for done you receive Jesus you're saved your eternity is secure but the life you're living around you right now what if I tell you to a great degree the life you're living right now is a byproduct of the prayers that come out of your mouth? What are you praying for? Are you praying for a brand new car, a brand new home, a brand new go- a boyfriend, girlfriend, relationship, marriage, brand new hair, brand new whatever? Hey, we don't judge here. We don't judge. What are you praying for? What are you praying for? Here's one of the most radical prayers ever made. Moses prayed. This is Moses, the great emancipator, the prophet that led the Hebrews out of Egyptian captivity and slavery. And he made a radical prayer. He could have easily prayed. This is Moses who took the Hebrews out of slavery. God through him. The great prophet referenced by Jesus. The iconic prophet of the Jewish people. And he could have easily have prayed, God, now that we are no longer slaves, accelerate the process. Get us to the promised land in a very fast, expedited manner. He easily could have prayed, God, give us 1,000 chariots just in case the Pharaoh's descendants come after us. He easily could have prayed for all of this. And yet this was the prayer Moses made. This is what he prayed for. Not a bigger tent. Not a bigger chariot, not a new rod. Moses prayed for this Exodus thirty three eighteen. These are the words that came out of his mouth. Show, show me your what? Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Not a new house, not a new car, not more money, not a new relationship, not more followers on Instagram. Show me your because your life is the byproduct of what you pray for. Show me your glory. Lend me that prayer. And I want you to imagine a world where the church of Jesus has the audacity to pray, God, show us your glory. If we would really invite the glory of God, in order to understand why Moses prayed, or better yet, what he prayed for, it's important to understand what's the glory. The glory of God is the manifest presence of God. The glory of God is the beauty of God, is the output of God, the architecture of God. The glory of God is the visible, tangible, measurable byproduct of God's grace, love, and creative nature. The glory of God is God showing up not with something, not with a touch or a blessing. It's God showing up with everything. The glory is the fullness and fulfillment, the fruit and the fruitfulness, the faith and the faithfulness, the break-in, break-out, and breakthrough of God. I love this. He said, show me your glory. Your vertical request determines your horizontal reality. Your vertical life is the byproduct of God's saving grace. Your horizontal life, to a great degree, is the byproduct of what you pray for. What are you praying for? There are things that will not happen in your life until you pray. I did not establish the rules. That is God with his 5G Wi-Fi network. If you're not connected to God's Wi-Fi, 5G network, you're not gonna see the outcome. You gotta be connected. You could have the best iPhone on the planet. And if your iPhone is not connected, it's not connected to the network, you're wasting your time. How much does the new iPhone cost? Close to a what? Close to a thousand bucks. The 13 Max Pro. It's crazy close to $1,000 for a phone, and if you're not connected to a network, it means nothing. It means nothing. You may have great purpose, you may have great dreams, a great vision, but if you're not connected to the network, that dream, that vision, that purpose will never become a reality. You are as good as the network. You're as good as your prayer life. And here's the proof, Matthew eleven twenty four. 24. This is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer. If you are convinced that you have received it, it will be yours. Wow. How many here are convinced of what God has already promised you? Matthew 21, 22. Whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive it. Here's the caveat again. If you have what? Faith. John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. John 14, 13 to 14, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. God says, I will do it. Jesus said, I will do it. Jesus said, I will do it. Jesus did not say, I hope to do it. Jesus did not say, I aspire to do it. Jesus did not say, I'm going to try my darnest to do it. Jesus said, you ask believing. And if it's according to my will, I will do it. What are you asking God for? A new car, a bigger house, a new job. While God, God does provide our needs, our prayers speak to our level of maturity. James 4.3, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. Oh, snap. The Bible says you could be praying the wrong way. If you're praying for something out of alignment of his will, you're not going to get it. What if what you're praying is out of order? And by out of order, it's not something bad. It's just out of order. What do I mean? Don't ask God for a car if you don't have a driver's license. Don't ask God for a Tesla if you don't have an outlet. Don't ask God for a new relationship if you're still bleeding from the breakup of your previous relationship. Don't ask God for influence if you lack integrity. Don't ask God for millions if you can't handle thousands. Don't ask God for a new house if you have a hard time cleaning up your apartment. What are you asking God? People are convicted now. After this service, a bunch of people going back home going, I'm cleaning this up. And they're going to ask you, what are you doing? Don't ask. God's going to send me some greater things. i got to clean this up right here. I'm just getting this ready. I'm showing God I'm ready for what's next. What are you asking God for? What you ask for today will determine what you will live out tomorrow. Show me your glory. Is there anyone here ready to just put everything in perfect alignment? So help me, the words that come out of your mouth matter. Your prayer life matters. It's not just God speaking through dreams, but what we call, what comes out of our mouth activates heaven. It actually prompts heaven to show up on your earth. It's, it, that's why the enemy tries to distract you. Every time you want to pray, notice how you get that text message. Every time you want to pray, if you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is pick up your phone and swipe and look at your messages, then you have things out of alignment. I want you to know that. And by the way, if you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is check your phone, that may be a quasi-addiction. That needs to be broken in the name of Jesus. And don't dare ask God. I'm going to preach a little bit hard here today, but it's okay. But don't, but don't, 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 don't do that and then ask God, why don't I see the breakthrough? Why am I still going through this? Why am I? But if you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is, good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, God. Good morning, God. Good morning, God. Good morning, God. Um, Let me ask. I don't want to be presumptuous here. Is there anyone here ready for a radical shift in your life? Raise one hand if you're ready. How many here are truly ready to see what you have never seen before? No, no, no. No joke. No hype. How many are ready to see what you've never seen before? Okay, Okay. How many are ready to occupy the very area hell has fought to keep you out of? I'm going to have to repeat that one because some of y'all have been through some battles recently. How, How many are ready to occupy the very area hell has fought to keep you out of? Is there anyone here ready to inhabit all of God's promises? Is there anyone here ready to shine like never before? Is there anyone here ready to live a life where you no longer get stuck? If that's you, then I need you to put a smile on your face. You're about to make the prayer that Moses made. Because when you make this prayer, all the aforementioned outcomes have no choice but to become your reality. When the glory of God becomes your priority, when the glory of God becomes your heart's desire, when the glory of God drives you, everything changes. You're about to pray, show me your glory. When God's glory shows up, it is the visible, tangible, measurable manifestation of the presence of god in you with you and through you you're about to see the glory of god shine upon you like never before there are people that saw you broken there are see you there are people that saw you wounded there are people that even helped mend some of your wounds there are people around you that saw you in your most desperate hour the next time they see you you will not be broken The next time they see you, you will not be bleeding. The next time they see you, I feel the Lord. You will not be in a fetal position. The next time they see you, you will not be with stretched out hands. The next time they see you, they will see you shining with the glory of God like they have never, ever seen you before. If that's you, open up your mouth and shout, show me your glory. Show me your glory means fill my house. Fill my house. Uh, Fill my house. Yes, 2 Chronicles 5.14. Let's make it legal. When the glory of God shows up, the glory of God doesn't caress. The glory of God doesn't touch and go, woo. The glory of God fills. So imagine your houses, plural, filled with the glory of God. What does that mean, 2 Chronicles 5.14? The priest could not stand to minister because the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Yeah. When the glory shows up, the glory fills. Show me your glory. You're asking God to fill your house. Let me show you your first house. Somebody just right here, take, right pastor Nathan's porta potty analogy <laughs> in a redeemable sort of different way, because I'm still d- trying to, that, that visual is still here. So, to a great degree, if you apply his message, we have a church full of porta potties, and I can't handle that right now because I just can't do it. I just can't. I can't somehow justify it. So, if you know your temple of the Holy Spirit, First Corinthians three sixteen, when you ask God to show you His glory, you're asking God to fill your temple. Imagine God filling your life with God dreams, God visions, with His presence in such a way that negative thoughts can't even stand taller in your mind for one iota. When, when you're filled with God's glory, when this becomes filled, everything changes. The way you think changes. The way you talk changes. And again, Pastor Nathan was right. It has to be occupied with the spirit of the living God. It, it is powerful. You need to believe with me that your life is about to be filled with the glory of God. All negativity has to flee. I, I need to do this on Instagram and TikTok. There are some videos out there, even by believers, by by even Christian influencers. And the video is kind of capture the idea that you could be a Christian and you can be filled of spirits that are not godly. And And it actually says like you could, you know, you could actually have a spirit in you that's not of God. Like you could you could be a Christian and you could be demon-possessed, and you can be a Christian and have a, a, a spirit of addiction, and you could have you can be a Christian and be addicted and, and be and be addicted to this or bound by this. Not that you're battling it. There's a difference between you battling it and you being filled and controlled by it. And there are videos that say, oh, yo, no, you could be a Christian and you could have you could have a, a demon inside of you. A devil is probably living inside of you. Really? So let me get in trouble here and just fix things. And it's called biblical orthodoxy. That right there is out of alignment with the word of God. Let, let me let me make it clear right now. If you're a born-again Christian, it means that you accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. The moment the blood of Jesus that you understood that Christ died for you and forgave you of all your sins, that very moment that you Romans 10:9, that you opened up your mouth and you confessed and you believed, that very moment the Spirit of God said, I'm no longer outside of you. From this moment on, I'm inside of you. And the You all don't even get that. Inside of you, you don't have religion. You don't have a feeling. You don't have a doctrine. You have the spirit of the living God inside of you. And when the Holy Spirit is inside of you, there's not a demon from hell or a devil on earth that can occupy your space. Are you with me right now? When the glory of God fills you, demons cannot come in. When the glory of God fills you, defeat cannot come in. When the glory of God fills you, the gates of hell will never prevail against you. So let me ask. Are there any individuals here filled with the Spirit of the Living God? When the glory fills, it limits access. Demons can't come in. When the glory fills, from Genesis to Revelation, devils are kicked out. When the glory fills, chains are broken. I I said said, chains are broken. I said, chains are broken. I said, chains are broken. I said, chains are broken. Chains are broken, chains are broken, devils are kicked out. Let me prophesy, by the time you get home, wherever there was something out of alignment with God, right now the glory of God is filling your house where everything is out of alignment will be kicked out. When the glory of God fills, everything changes. So here's what I'm believing God for. Your temple, your house, your mind, your family. Who will no longer be filled with drama, anxiety, fear, illness, generational curses, poverty, addiction, trauma, lies, brokenness, or excuses. I need you to get ready in the name of Jesus, God's glory is about to fill your house. I don't know if you got that god's glory is about to fill your house god's glory is about to fill your temple god's glory is about to fill your family somebody say shall me show me your glory do you believe how many believe your children and your children's children and your children's children's children will be filled with the glory of god i don't know if you understand this how many are ready to see the glory of god fill every aspect of your life And how many have crazy enough faith? How many believe the glory of God can show up over an entire city? 38.7% of you. How many really believe that God's glory can fill an entire city? Y'all don't believe. How many believe that God's glory can actually fill up Sacramento? You you think that's hype. I just gave you the dream about how God is just moving. What if I tell you we're about to see this city? Filled with the glory. How about this? How many believe God can fill California? From San Diego all the way up to the Oregon border. How many believe the glory of God can fill this state? I don't know if you understand what this means. We are about to see more people saved in California than ever before. We are about to see more people delivered from bondage and addiction and pornography than ever before. We are about to see minds and families saved and set free than ever before. Now, let me ask this. How many believe the glory of God can fill an entire nation? 28% of you. So what if I show you a verse in the Bible that says it's not a possibility, it's a promise. You missed it. What if I tell you the Bible says, the entire earth. Habakkuk chapter two, verse 14. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. As the waters cover the sea, y'all need to hear me. Oh, boy. Dear CNN, dear Fox, dear MSNBC, dear Univision, and dear Telemundo, you've done an incredible job covering COVID. You've done an incredible job covering the different manifestations of unrest. You've done an incredible job covering the war in Ukraine. Y'all need to get ready. Because the next thing that you will need to cover, and it will be a thing that you cannot deny, the next thing you will be covering is the glory of Jesus filling up the nations. The glory of God is about to fill the nations. How many are ready to see Christ show us his glory? If you believe that, raise your hands. If you really believe it, raise both hands. Show us your glory. I grew up. Take this away, Sean, please. I I grew up. In a church where my pastor, he infected me with this virus of being obsessed with the glory. My pastor would welcome in the glory and wasn't satisfied with having normal church services and gatherings. He just, he just sewed into us the idea, the truth of if y'all pray for the glory, the glory of God will show up. If you make room for the glory, the glory of God will show up. As a young buckaroo, no, my parents, and some of y'all have heard this a little bit before, but I gotta have a little special twist to it today. My parents were not preachers. I grew up strongly, very, and still am, married to math and science, a nerd. I didn't believe in any of the stuff that, I mean, the stuff that church to me was like made up. Just people, you know, miracles, like, I would, I would, in my mind, go, take them to a doctor, verify it, because that's made up. You come up here and you say, I'm healed, yeah, prove it. I'm the prove it guy. So all of that I doubted. And God, God I doubted. God speaking, of course, if you doubt God, God speaking becomes a. And, and then it, it freaked me out when people would say, I heard from the Lord. Did you? Right? Because then and you go like, really, how do you know? So all of that I doubted. I'm in my early teens and I'm in my church right here in this area. When when this guy comes in, the choir director of Teen Challenge Ministries founded by David Wilkerson has a camp in Rehersburg, Pennsylvania. I grew up in the Lehigh Valley, Bethlehem, Allentown, Easton area. So that's about an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes away. This guy comes in with his entire choir and with his choir He comes in. I've never met the guy before. He comes in with his choir, and and he starts singing. So he starts singing. So I'm there. I'm right there in a church obsessed with the glory, with a pastor who would preach, show me your glory. I doubted the glory and Gloria and all the different relatives. (laughs) So I'm going like, what, 12? I'm about 12 years old. This guy shows up. Matter of fact, I didn't want to talk to you about this guy today. I invited him. Come on up here. Never met this man before until that day I was 12 years old and he tell him the story.
1: We were ministering, we were singing a song, Holy Spirit, thou art welcome. Right in the middle of the song, the God, the Holy Spirit said, "Stop." He said, there is a young man here named Sammy. Call him out and prophesy to him.
0: Now, stop for a second. He, he called out a Sammy. Now, this was a Hispanic church in Pennsylvania. If God would have said Jose or Maria, you can't miss, <laughs> right? But Sammy is not your most common sort of, you know, Latino, Spanish, it's not like, you know. Exactly. So God tells you
1: Sammy. And I got nervous. And I said, I rebuke you, devil, in Jesus' name. (laughs) No, no, I didn't. But I did hesitate. And then the Holy Spirit made it real clear. He said, I want you to go. I stepped out from behind the piano. And I said, there's a young man here named Sammy.
0: Now, the church, a Hispanic church, really shy and introverted.
1: I'm kidding. That's like, that's an oxymoron.
0: (laughs) So they, when he said Sammy, the church, like a choir, went, (laughs) Ahí está el muchacho!" Which means what? No, it just means I guess that muchacho. So I so my pastor even, bless him, he calls me out Sammy, you're the only Sammy. Come on up. You do that now to a generation Z or alpha, you'll traumatize them forever. Sammy, so I'm coming up.
1: And the, God said, Tell him, man of God. I was a kid. He's not a man of God right now but I see him as a man of God. Declare that he will touch the nations and he will pray over presidents and my plan will be overwhelming. And God gave me grace to speak it and by God's grace, this man of God walked in it.
0: I don't know, you got this. Under this anointing, open up your mouth and speak over your children and your children's children. Speak over the next generation. Speak over your family legacy. Come on, do it now. Speak over your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. Declare, declare, they will do great things. The glory of God will shine upon them. Declare in the name of Jesus that they will carry a generational legacy where Christ will be the Lord of all. Somebody shout like you know. God's about to do it. Lift up your hands. Right there where you're at. I sense God. Lift up your hands. I declare in Jesus' name. Stay right here, Pastor Bernie. I, I, in Jesus' name, I prayed over presidents. Who, who tells a 12-year-old kid you're going to pray over presidents? Who? Who? God. Come on, that's not your normal prophecy. Here's a, here's a normal prophecy that's generic. God wants to bless you. Come on, You can't miss with that. But when someone tells you when you're 12 years old, you're going to pray over presidents of the United States of America, that's crazy. And here I am, by the grace of God, served as an advisor to three presidents, prayed for three presidents. Everything that God said when I was 12. There were moments Sam Rodriguez fought hell. I literally fought hell. I fought the hell inside of me and the hell around me. And there were moments I wanted to give up on ministry and calling. And I would go back to that word. God, the Holy Spirit would say, remember what I told you. Way before I prayed over presidents. Right before George W. Bush invited me in or Obama brought me in. I remember just fighting. And God telling me, I got a purpose for you. Even when I went through hell, God would remind me, the hell you're going through is directly proportional to the purpose I've placed upon your life. Don't let go of the word. Tell your neighbor, don't let go of the word. No, say it right now. Say, don't let go of the word. Everything God promised you will come to pass. Somebody needs to praise like you know that everything that God promised you will come to pass. Somebody praise like you believe it. Somebody lift up your hands like you believe it. Somebody rejoice like you know that everything that God promised you will come to pass. Lift up your hands. Show me your glory activates a multi-generational truth that cannot and will not be denied. With your hands raised right there in this auditorium, all over the world, online, even you're at home, just lift up your hands. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Moses passed on the breakthrough. Of the glory, and he even received a consolation prize, where God said, "Well, you don't really qualify to see the fullness of my glory." He was asking to see the face of Jesus, because he literally said, "I won't see your face," and because Moses, 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 Moses was before Christ on the cross. Jesus, God gave him a consolation prize. You can't see my face, but you can see my back. Oh. You and I, we don't get consolation prizes, baby. We see the fullness of the risen Christ in everything we do. We're not limited by the law. We have been set free by the grace of God. Everybody, with your hands raised. Look up as you have your hands raised. Show me your glory is a dangerous prayer. It activated my purpose. This is the 40. 40 years, Pastor Michelle, since he made that prayer over Sam Rodriguez. No, 40 years. 40 in the Bible is a span of time of transition. I heard the Holy Spirit tell me when I went back to the green room today, after the first service, Sam, 40 years. Which means what? Sam, you, this church, we're entering into a season we've never been before. No, no, no. We just crossed our desert. We're about to stamp into a land of promise. We're about to occupy God's promises. Every family here, look at me. You've been through your desert. You've been through your pain. You've been through your process. I need you to get ready. Here's a word for you. You and your casa, you and your children are about to occupy the promises of God in the name of Jesus. If this is you, praise life. It's all you. Stand with me. You are standing. Those that are not standing, stand with me. Show me your glory is a crazy prayer. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Arise and shine for your light has come. And the glory of God has risen upon you. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1. That's for Jerusalem. It's for Israel. And according to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20, that's for you and I. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands. God's about to shine upon you. Look at me. God's about to shine upon you. God's about to arise and overtake you. You're not going to be drowning in debt. You're going to be drowning in the glory. It's going to overtake you. It's going to overtake you. Some of you have been, even recently, your faith has been tested. And you're asking, why am I being tested? Why is this happening? God is saying, because the latter glory will be greater than the former glory. Because in the words of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, you thought you saw my glory before. You thought you saw the best of me before. You thought you saw me bless you and use you and favor you before. And the Apostle Paul writes, full of the Holy Spirit, really, you haven't seen anything yet. Because when Jesus is your Lord, he takes you from... Somebody shout, glory to glory. Tell your neighbor, glory to glory. Glory to glory. Glory to glory. Glory to glory. Glory glory. Is there anybody here ready to go from glory? With your hands raised, both of them. I'm done here. Just repeat after me. Glory to glory. Glory to glory. To glory, to glory, to glory, glory, glory. glory. the dream God placed inside of you will come to pass. If you have a God dream, raise your hand. If your God dream is so crazy, if you share it with someone, they'll think you're nuts. Because it's that great. Raise both hands. I'm a 12-year-old kid walking around with, one day I'm going to pray over presidents. One day I'm going to pray over presidents. Day, I'm gonna pray over presidents. One day, I'm gonna pray over presidents. Why? I God said so, it's not my idea, but one day, I'm gonna pray over presidents. One day, I'm a president. Go ahead. I would walk around this. There was a beautiful girl in that auditorium a Barbie, a gorgeous, drop dead, unbelievable, life changing. You name it, Sophia Vergara got nothing on her. You, I mean. Forget about it. And this girl was in that auditorium. She was on the left-hand side. She heard that that 12-year-old boy get a word. She said, I'm going to wait for that boy to grow up, and I'm going to marry that boy. That's my wife of 32 years right here in this auditorium. We would walk around holding hands in the Lehigh Valley Mall and holding on to this word. I looked at her. We would walk around Walden books and I would say, honey, ready? I would, I'm 14. I started dating her when I was 14, which is kind of weird, by the way. But we were, we, 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 we're walking, we're holding hands, and I would walk by the bookstores and go, one day in the name of Jesus, my book is gonna be right there. 14. 15 years old, 16, I was crazy. I would go, one day my book will be out there. I would pass by the White House with my parents going to Washington, D.C. I'm going to be praying over those people. Think about it. You've got to confess what God already placed in your heart. Somebody shout, show me your glory. Somebody shout, show me your glory. Is there anybody here tired of making excuses and you want to see the glory of God? So what are you praying? What's your prayer life like? Are you praying for cars, houses, and stuff like that? God provides, but those things come as an add-on. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, Matthew six thirty-three, and his righteousness, and all things will be. Don't pray for the add-ons. Seek first the kingdom. Show me your glory. Let your prayer life change today. Let the words that come out of your mouth change today. Walk in it. Walk in it. Final, final note. So help me. My wife could attest to this. And I got beautiful people that God surrounded me with, my life, from great friends, the, the Nick Garza's of the world for 30 some years, Charlie's, uh, Edward and Damaris, who saw me as growing. Edward, who I was 17 years old, saw me just go to the journey. They literally seen it all. When I was a kid, I bought a Samsonite suitcase. Am I making this up? A Samsonite suitcase. I would walk back in the day, I would walk in it like I was a stud. In that suitcase, I had a Bible, a big, humongous, old school Bible bigger than me. And I would walk around going like I'm going to the nations. I'm going to the nations. My mom bought me a suit. The suit was bigger than me. It looked like an old zoot suit from the 40s. First time I got invited to preach anywhere in my life outside Pennsylvania. Where was it? Los Angeles. I go to East L.A. I put my zoot suit on. Totally applicable to L.A. I have my suit on. I'm in the United Airlines flight. I have my, I wear a tie. I was suited up on the plane with my suitcase. Because God gave me a word. God gave me a word. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a teenager. God gave me a word. God gave me a word. I want you to hear me. I want you to walk like you're already there. I want you to talk like... You're missing it right now. I need you to talk like you're already there. I need you to pray like you're already there. I need you to praise like you're already there. I need you to love like you're already there. I need you to live like you're already there. I need you to forgive like you're already there. I need you to... Somebody shout, show me your glory! Show me your glory, we're done. If you if you got this word and God spoke to you and you get it, raise your hand. If your prayer life changes today and you're gonna pray, think, talk, Live, forgive, give, and walk like you have a word on your life that you're not going to let go of because God is faithful in fulfilling that word. Raise both hands. If you are a Hebrews 10:23 person that you rest assured you are 100% certain that God is faithful to keep all of his promises. Raise both hands and a foot. And if you're not going to permit any devil in hell, a demon on earth, the haters around you, or even the lies you permit that you speak to yourself to stop you from living out God's promises now you give him the best praise you've given him in the past three years somebody shout it like you believe it man I feel like running in this place right now somebody say show me your glory 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 glory! Here, I did not meet this man till last year. I was preaching at a conference in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I shared my testimony about how I got to the president and all that, and how you know all that. And and because recently there's an article written about how I'm one of the few people to ever pray for two inaugurations, one for a Democrat, one for a Republican. So it's myself and Billy Graham. And and, and so they, they you know, I'm in that conference doing this thing, and and. And I talk about it. I was I was kidding you know, Pennsylvania. At the end of the service, he comes up. He goes, You're my Sammy. Wow. You want to tell him about the post-it note?
1: Yeah.
0: This is wild. Because this is I'm, I'm gonna this is, there's a word here, I'm gonna release.
1: Amen. I want to say one thing before I say yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Proverbs 13, 13 says, He that despises the word is in debt to it. Uh, and now you say I don't despise the word I'm grateful for the word of the Lord but if you don't walk in the word of the Lord you become in debt to it and so it's I'm blessed that I, uh, God used a donkey twice now once at the, with Balaam and then again with me hallelujah but he took that word and he walked in it you heard him testify and so we were, when we went home from that, I could sense something powerful had happened. I think they had the picture up earlier picture up. of Kathy and I in my office. We used to pray every day at noon. We had a big map of the United States behind us. And we were praying that God was going to lose Teen Challenge across the USA. And right there, over Pennsylvania, there was a little yellow post-it note that says, Pray for Sammy.
0: He has in his office a picture from back in the 1980s where he has, Pray for Sammy. What is what am I, Why am I telling you that part now? You need to cover in prayer the word that's been placed. God's promise must be covered via the conduit of prayer. So pray over yourself. Even if you're single, we have a bunch of 20-somethings here. You don't even have kids yet. That's good. That's good. Pray over your future children and your children's children. Pray over them. Just cover. God's already promised. God's already promised. Pray over that word. Good. Fine no, I promise. We're late, but look up here. We're done. The Holy Spirit spoke to me a couple of weeks ago in, in, my, in my Jeep Wrangler because that's where God speaks to me. The Jeep. So we kind of do this. We, we, we live with the following narrative. I fought things that my dad fought and may have surrendered to. <clears throat> that my grandfather fought surrender and surrendered to. And I fought things that I had to overcome in my generation. And and it, so many things. And even things that, that got really close to knocking me out and I was going to fall on the same slippery slope. But by the grace of God, here go I. And God spoke to me a few weeks ago and said, let me redeem this. Instead of you going back and saying, well, you know, we, I had to defeat what, what my, my grandfather and my grandfather's grandfather and all the things that they had to, well, they, they failed, they failed, they failed. And somehow, he says, no, why don't you look into heaven by faith, point your faith, finger and say, hey, guys, I have great news for you. He says, instead of blaming them, can you just go up and say, I have great news for you, the stuff that defeated you will no longer defeat your descendants. There are things, there are giants your parents couldn't slay that in the name of Jesus, they are slain in your generation and they will never rise up again because your prayer is, show me your glory. Father, seal this word in perpetuity, in every heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, this church is full of people who make the following prayer. Show me your glory. And we're about to see your glory like never before. In Jesus' name. Now give her the last clap offering of the evening. High five your neighbor. Tell him I'm about to see the glory.